Hello, friends. This is Derek Kistner, founder and executive director of the Greater Peoria House of Prayer. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Whether you're hearing from me, my wife Mandy, or a trusted leader, it's my hope that it would serve you well in your walk with Jesus. Maybe you're listening at home here in central Illinois, maybe in your vehicle, or even somewhere on the other side of the world. However you're tuning in or wherever you are, it's my prayer that what you hear helps you to love God, His Word, His Spirit, His Church, and the people you interact with each and every day. Thanks again for listening, and may the grace of God fill your heart as you listen to the following message. But thank you, Lord, uh, for tonight, and thank you for this man of God. Uh, I just pray, Holy Spirit, for your anointing tonight. I pray that you would just put your words in uh, Cody's mouth, and you would give us ears to hear those words tonight, Lord. Uh, as individuals, uh, as a community, Lord, we just we want to hear from you. And so I just pray for your peace upon Brother Cody, and, and just the grace to articulate what you would say to us tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Well, thank you, Derek, for the kind introduction. Glad to be here tonight. And um, yeah, I guess I've, it's been couple weeks, maybe a month, uh, when Derek asked me if I would um, be willing to um, speak here tonight and um, kind of just had some time to reflect on um, just how I've seen um, God at work in, in my life and how he has um, shown his grace to me and how he has... Um, just allowed me to experience <clears throat> sorry the full the fullness of the gospel as he just gives um he gives his followers um the authority and the commission and the call to be fruitful and to um, to to not only be recipients of the gospel message, but to proclaim it um, to those who are in need of it, and to exemplify the gospel through um, through our life, through our actions. And as I was reflecting, just on just this grace that has been shown through me and that has been shown through all followers of Christ. I was just thinking of, you know, just if, if there had to be a, a theme of just, just how God has amazed me and just if there had to be a theme of how God has um, just shown himself the most powerfully, um, it, it just kept coming to me, just thinking of um, how how God has worked um, through my weaknesses, and how God's power has been made 
great through um, my failures, through my insecurities, through my um, lack of ability, whether that be um, whether that be gifts, whether that be um, just struggles in general, but I just I just kept thinking about how um, just what powerful grace has been um, bestowed upon me, and you know obviously I'm going to be talking about my own journey tonight, but this isn't this grace hasn't only been bestowed to me, but it's been bestowed to all of us who are in Christ, and um, so that's what I want to reflect on tonight, and that's what I want to spend our time talking about um i'll be start a little bit with um kind of moving forward from when i was converted and kind of some of the things god has done through my sanctification process through some of the um, opportunities he's given me to serve and then after that we'll um, get into some scripture and just kind of reflect on um, what scripture teaches um just on this on this subject of of bearing fruit as Christians and understanding where that fruit is born out of and how um, how if if we desire for that fruit what what we should be doing to um, to work toward that and to to bring forth fruit for God's kingdom. Um, but yeah, growing up, I. Um, I just I want to share a couple things. I I was um, had a fair amount of exposure to um, inner city ministry, um, serving youth and serving families, and um, this began um, at a young age. Um, my family's involvement with um, whether it be um, Southside Mission or just different neighborhood VBSs. Um, after school tutoring, um, maybe su- summer programs, playing soccer, um, getting getting kids together in a park, or um, having them you know come to our house and um, you know play on our property, whatever that would be. There was um, a fair amount of exposure to that in the inner city of Peoria growing up, and um, I remember. Um, you know, really early on as a Christian that there was um, kind of a, a seed planted, a seed planted that um, that desired um, to to be a part of that mission, to be a part of that ministry. Um, and I think the reason that that seed was planted and that desire was there is because I, I saw that it was something that was good. I saw that it was something that... Um, was was glorifying to God and that there was a need for it and um and early on in my Christian life though I um had had many things that really um got in the way of that and there was um just a lot of a lot of pride a lot of um selfishness a lot of um judgmentalism and um, being a respecter of persons and um, yeah and it, it really just um, 
even though there was that desire within my heart to um, to to partner with, you know, whether it was my family or whether it be um, just the different ministries where we were a part of, um, there was just such a uh, a barrier to that because of that just amount of um, pride and selfishness that I had <coughs> built up in my heart, and. Um, but God continued um, to work on me, and um, He um, that seed that was planted, that desire that was there, He um, He He cultivated that, and He um, grew that desire, even in the midst of these um, significant weaknesses and significant barriers. I mean, the, the very last thing you need if, if you're trying to do ministry with someone, the last thing you need is someone who is um, judgmental. The last thing you need is someone who um, is selfish and, and views the ministry as an inconvenience or as a, as, um, a barrier to achieving my own selfish whims. You know, the last thing you need is someone who's prideful and isn't able to um, to come to a place of humility, um, you know, building relationships and caring and, and loving. But even though there were all these issues in my heart, um, God continued to work in me. And it just amazes me as I look back to think that God has... Um, continue to open opportunities for me to serve um, in this, you know, inner city context. Um, he's given me the opportunity to start um, a, a boys program where we um, meet with um, boys from the, the school that Derek referenced earlier, and um, we do, you know, just different activities with them. He's given me the opportunity to um, to work you know, at, at that same school and invest in relationships on a daily basis. And, um, and, you know, as you know, even today, I know that I still have, um, you know, some, some of these same issues that are still at, you know, in my heart that are preventing me from, um, the fullness of, of effectiveness that I can have. But, it gives me um, encouragement and it gives me um, just confidence knowing that it is through um, through God's power and through his grace that he brings forth fruit and that it is um, in our weaknesses that his um, grace is made perfect. Um, I think of 2 Corinthians twelve nine, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Um, another small part of my testimony I wanted to share um, Another, um, you know, as I grew in my Christian walk, um, which was, you know, probably when I was, you know, maybe around 12 years old that I became a Christian, I, you know, began, you know, doing the, doing the spiritual disciplines, seeking God in his word and in prayer. And, um, you know, in addition to, you know, desiring to be a part of, you know, the type of ministry I mentioned earlier, there's also just that burden um, of of wanting to share the gospel, you know, of of wanting to 
to be, um, you know, when I heard the word evangelism or when I heard the word, you know, when I read stories in the book of Acts about, you know, what the early apostles did, bringing the gospel to new territories, um, that was just such a, a, you know, just a insecurity and just a challenge for me as I read these incredible accounts of God using these men because I knew that I um, was just an unpolished speaker and um, was not good at building and maintaining relationships and was not good at um, just really any conversational skills whatsoever. And um, and actually, I kind of a, a story that kind of highlights the level of my insecurity. I remember... Um, my my parents came home one evening from having dinner with um, some relatives, and they were like, um, "My my cousins um, were about my age, and my cousins were the the children of the relatives who they were having dinner with." But anyways, they were like, "Yeah, well, we were just you know had dinner with these people, and they were saying that your cousins they're they're out at the uh, at the Northwoods Mall tonight, and they're out." you know, sharing the gospel with people out. Um, yeah, I mean, just kind of, you know, more street evangelism, I guess you could call it. And, um, I remember I heard that and I, um, just really, it kind of just stirred me up. Not, um, and you know, tonight isn't about street evangelism and and going to the mall and sharing your faith, but it, it was this idea of, um, that, you know, that my cousins, that they were out, you know, boldly sharing the gospel. And I knew that that was something that um, was lacking in my Christian life and that I, um, that it was, you know, a desire God had put on my heart, you know, as we, as we read, as we pray, as we seek God, he puts desires in our hearts. And, and that was something he had put on my heart. And I, um, you know, just continue to seek God, continue to pray. And um, he gave me, you know, you know, definitely strength to, you know, have different conversations with coworkers and just through different means gave me opportunities to share with people. And then, um, really a, a, a big answered prayer. Um, a couple of years ago, I kind of crossed paths with a, um, gospel sharing trainer who really started investing in me and discipling me and just, um, sharing with me, um, practical tools and how we can be sharing our faith and how we can be um, faithful in that area. And, um, you know, looking back, I just, you know, especially, you know, even just the past few days reflecting on this, you know, the thought that um, I now have the opportunity, you know, I've been able to go to different, some different churches and just in different um um, context, you know, doing, you know, gospel sharing trainings like Derek mentioned and, and just leading different groups and, um, and just how to, to cultivate those, those skills of sharing the gospel. And, um, once again, this is just to highlight the, um, the, the grace of God working through our weaknesses and that I, you know, my greatest insecurity as a Christian um, God, you know, provided so powerfully and it was, you know, 100% his work that I simply sought him through reading and prayer and, um, that he, you know, brought that desire to fruition and, and I'm just, you know, 
even looking ahead to the future, excited about how he can, you know, bring me even further into um, deeper obedience and deeper um, communion with him. Um, so, yeah, I just, I, there's a few scriptures here I wanted for us to just walk through, and you have those on your um, sheet here. We probably won't um, get through all of them, maybe, but this first one, Psalm 51, just is kind of just the the cry that's on my heart, even as I think of um, just just weaknesses and, and um, how God uses sinners to... Um, to bring forth his gospel. It says in Psalm 51, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your way so that sinners will turn back to you. And, um, you know, I kind of coming up, preparing for this talk here, I was, um, there was a few days I wasn't, few days I was pretty excited and then there was a few days I wasn't quite as excited and um, you know really the thing that gave me joy and that kept me um, you know looking forward to this talk and um, having anticipation for it was you know just this this thought of of bringing forth fruit for the kingdom you know verse 13 then I will teach transgressors your way so that sinners will turn back to you and you know we see here that you know, this is, of course, David talking, but that God is working through him to turn sinners back to him. And, you know, we, as Christians, we've all been recipients of the gospel, and we have received the blessings of the gospel in, in their fullness, you know, forgiveness of sins, justification through our faith, um, sanctification here on this earth, um, freedom from judgment and the age to come, and eternal security in our home in heaven and you know what what can get better that what can get better than that what can get better than the fullness of these gospel blessings and really the only thing that can get better than it is if we can see those same gospel blessings reproduced in those who we um invest in and in those we um share with and and really that was um, to be honest with you, really, the only thing that kept me, um, you know, looking forward to this to this night whatsoever, that even though I um, wasn't sure how it was going to go, if if there could be any eternal fruit, something that would go on into eternity, because I don't know about you guys, but day after day, um, toiling and in, in the labors that seem temporary and of course, God brings can is glorified, and there's um, there's spiritual fruit in our you know in our everyday faithfulness and our and simple tasks and everything. But um, but just seeking and finding that joy in the in um, yeah in those things that will go on into eternity. Um, I want to we're going to read a few passages here from the. Um, Pauline epistles and kind of learn from Paul um, his understanding of God's grace in Philippians 1 3 through 6 I thank my God every time I remember you remember you in all my prayers for all of you I always pray with joy 
because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until, until the day of Christ. Um, now, in 2 Corinthians 3, 4 through 6, such is the confidence that we have through Christ towards God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit for the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. And then, um, yeah, I'll, I'll read the other ones next, but you know, as we read this, I really want you to, um, to understand it as, and just an authentic expression from Paul, you know, Paul was just such a passionate, um, gifted and just, you know, an, an incredible, you know, apostolic, um, follower of God that we, we can almost have the tendency of, you know, not taking what he says seriously. And we can almost view him as just this, you know, optimist who is kind of just making these claims of, um, you know, just these, you know, seemingly far-fetched claims that don't really have any application to us today. But I just, I want to just emphasize that what Paul is saying here, this is a true expression of his heart. And he, um, you know, looking at um, verse six here, it says, you know, being confident in, in Philippians chapter one, verse six, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. And Paul really um, was confident um, that Christ, who had began a good work in the Philippians, he was confident that it would be carried out unto the day of Christ. He wasn't just saying this in an optimistic type of way, trying to give the give the Philippians some false hope, but he truly understood um, the depth of God's grace because he had seen fruit in the Philippians' um, lives and hearts, and he had seen um, evidence that the Spirit truly was living in them. And... Um, <clears throat> Yeah, and then, you know, the same thing in the Second Corinthians chapter 3 passage where he has this confidence. And again, it's, it's through Christ. You know, I think lots of times in the, in the Christian um, church, we can, um, you know, almost encourage each other in a, in a way that's not as helpful as it could be. Um, you know, instead of taking the example of Paul where he um, points out to people the the grace of God that is being uh, manifest in their lives and in their actions and, and saying how we're, oh, you know, I'm so confident because I see God at work in you. I'm so confident because I see how um, God is using you to, um, to, you know, use your gifts for his kingdom, you know, and that's the way that we should be encouraging people. And, you know, sometimes, and I'm guilty of this too, but we can encourage people in a way that simply builds up their ego and, um, you know, puts the focus on, on their own ability and on their own accomplishments and on what they are doing to, um, to bring forth fruit when in reality, um, it's, it's simply the grace of God working through them. And, and when we, um, highlight those things, those manifestations of the spirit, 
then I think we'll, you know, we would see a lot more fruit from that encouragement because it's how much, how much greater would it be to hear that God's grace is working through you and that his Holy Spirit is, is, um, is, is bringing forth spiritual fruit as compared to, um, your own, um, your own accomplishments that probably really aren't that incredible. Um, yeah. And then now skipping down here to, um, Isaiah chapter 63 verses, um, 17 through 19. Um, you know, and, and this is an application for our own personal walk with Christ. And it's also an application as we consider, um, you know, ministry, if, if that's even the right word, as we consider, you know, seeking to, to make more disciples. Um, but I'll read this passage here in Isaiah 63, um, verse 17. Oh Lord, why do you make us wander from your ways and harden our hearts so that we fear you not return for the sake of your servants, the tribes of your heritage. Um, if, if you remember the the book of Isaiah is a it's a book with a lot of hope in it there's a lot of um, prophecy that is very hopeful um, there's prophecy of of this coming king who's going to bring restoration and there's also prophecy of of um, destruction and judgment that's going to come as as a result of the Israelites rebellion and um, here in, in in verse 17 we hear um, a, a cry from God, and I think it, it really gives us some insight to um, to a, a really important um, thing that we need to be crying out for. And that thing that we need to be crying out for is namely the revealing of God's glory to to us. And um, you know, here here in this verse, it's the um the writer is saying you know god you have made us wander from your ways and harden our hearts so that we fear you not and then the writer says he tells god to return as if god had um had removed himself from from the israelites and then um later on in um the next chapter this is kind of still the the same series of verses here, but it says in Isaiah chapter 64, verse one, Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down that the mountains might quake at your presence as when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil to make your name known to your adversaries and that the nations might tremble at your presence. So we see the writers crying out for the, for God to reveal his glory that the nations might tremble at your presence. And I think from this passage and um, the next passage that we read here that, um, that there is a time when God, um, of course, without sinning because God is unable to sin, that God, in a, in a sense, you could call it maybe cloaking his glory. That's how I heard one preacher refer to it as. But... but um, but yeah, God God would cloak His glory, and in in this case, um, it was as if He had removed Himself from the people of Israel, and they cried out for Him to come back. And um, 
and again, we, you know, without getting into this too far, we know that um, <clears throat> God, of course, does this without in any way sinning so that we are, you know, fully responsible if we are not um, desiring and, and, and loving God's glory. But I think there's a, a lesson to be learned here that we, at times of um, perhaps um, falling into sin, where we exchange God's glory for for um, the things of the world, or at times where we maybe don't desire the things of God, we don't desire for our neighbor to um, come to Christ, we don't desire to be sanctified, we don't desire to be with God in heaven, that we need to cry out to God that he would reveal to us um, in a deeper level his glory. And and I, and I think um, this is something that is should be done in a fervent way, perhaps um, combined with you know fasting and, and and fervent prayer. That it's you know I I think if you know when when people come and and share you know struggles with you know sin that just you know continue to come back and you know addictions or whatever it would be. If um, if a if an action item was to do what this verse says to cry out to God for His glory to be revealed, I think that could be um, something that could truly bear forth a lot of fruit. And um, in Isaiah sixty four seven, it says something similar: um, "No one calls on your name or strives to lay hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and have given us over to our sins." Okay, yeah, now going on here to Ephesians chapter 1, um, we see, um, I'll go and just read it here for us, but it says, For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him. Having the eyes of your hearts and Enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? So Paul here, speaking to the church in Ephesus, he's speaking um, to a group of saved people. And we could um, further con- further confirm this by looking earlier on in the chapter where um, where Paul affirms that they have been been called and where he affirms that they are truly um, a part of God's um, chosen family. And, um, you know, even though they are already, you know, Christians, even though they're already saved, um, I love how in uh, verse um, 17, or starting starting in verse 16, Paul says, you know, I'm remembering you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and knowledge of him. And, yeah, and having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. You know, this idea of even when we are already saved, even when we are already 
you know, recipients of the gospel that we should be crying out. And in this case, we should be crying out for um, our fellow church um, church members that the eyes of our hearts might might be enlightened and then that the the depth of the hope that is found in the gospel might be further revealed and that um, and then as a result of that that fruit might come forth from that okay yeah so now here moving on to um, application here at the bottom um, you know the you know, all, all of these things, all of this, this concept of, of growing in the knowledge of, of God's glory and, and, and of his grace and of, you know, desiring him and, and loving him at a, at a deeper level, it's all, you know, is cultivated in a, in a, in a spirit that expresses true need and in a spirit that um, truly understands um, it's desperation apart from um, God's God's provision of these these things that we're crying out for and um, the word of God is our guide and is the that which directs us as we are on this path because um, in the path of of life and the path of ministry um, we will certainly begin to desire things that are not um, in alignment with God's word. Um, I was, uh, in Matthew twenty four twelve. it says, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. And this is, you know, the famous chapter in, in Matthew where Jesus is, you know, kind of given his take on, on eschatology and, and on the, what's going to be coming ahead and, and he gives this this sobering call that you know wickedness is going to increase and the love of most will grow cold and you know the love of most that sounds like the majority to me and uh that's um something that if if we um don't believe that we are able to be a part of that majority where our love grows cold then we're fooling ourselves and um, perhaps we are a part of that majority if we don't think that we are able to be prone to that. And once again, this leads us to a place of, of desperately crying out to God and seeking his word as our guide and as our director. Um, so that when, when wickedness does increase and as it is increasing, that our love is continued, continued to be fixed and set on, on the things of God. In Psalm one nineteen one o five, it says, "Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path." And now, this next one, Romans ten seventeen, this is um, applies to us individually, but then it also applies when we think of um, our outward focus as we seek to to share the gospel with others and as we seek to um, to um, yeah to point to point others to the word of Christ it says so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ 
and um yeah and and let this just be a, a lesson for all of us that um you know when we share the gospel with someone one of the first things i do after if i ever have a sh- have an opportunity to share the gospel with someone is i invite them to be a part of a a group whether it just be me and that individual or another group where um the bible is 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 studied and understanding that it's through the word of god that um the heart is changed and that the heart uh, that its affections are um directed toward god and um you know so, so the word of god even in our ministry should be what we rely on and what we um, trust in as that which can bear fruit in the hearts of of those who we are are um, sharing with, knowing that nothing that we say um, can bring can bring fruit apart from the work of the Spirit, and, and realizing that it's it's um, that it's God's work that that does that, and then. Um, um, the second application that we can um, have as a result, result of this heart of um, of humbling of humbly coming before God and, and pleading for His mercy and pleading for His um, provision and for His um, um, revealing to us His glory is is a heart of prayer. And I, I mentioned this earlier: this idea of of prayer and fasting that God would. Um, reveal to us his glory at a deeper level. And then it also um, applies outward in our ministry toward others. Um, And that's expressed in this passage in uh, Colossians chapter four, verses two through six. It says, um, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. If you notice here, Paul really asks for prayer in every um, aspect of of his ministry. He asks for prayer um, that God would open a door for him for the word. Um, he prays, he asks for prayer um, as he declares the mystery of Christ, he asks for prayer that he would make it clear, saying that that is how he ought to speak. And um, before that, he he mentions how this prayer is to be done in a watchful way and in a thankful way. And um, we're going to have the opportunity to do this in a little bit where we're going to, um, just in groups, we're going to pray um, for lost people that we have um, in our own individual lives who we um, interact with. And we're going to pray in the same way um, that Paul commended us to do in, in Colossians. And again, we want to do it in a watchful way because it's amazing how as we begin to pray um, for God to do these things that he begins to do them. And as we pray for an open door to for the word, for the word to be declared, that he begins to open that door. And um, therefore, we want to be watchful and we want to be thankful. We want to be thankful for God's provision 
um, understanding that apart from his provision, there's no good thing that we can do. As the psalmist said in, I believe, Psalm 16, that um, I have no good apart from you. And and realizing that, um, yeah, that it's only through God's power that we can um, bring forth fruit for his kingdom. Then in Ephesians 6.18, it says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And this verse um, even expands into the area of praying um, for the Lord's people and praying for our Christian brothers and sisters. And, you know, we can of course pray for you know all sorts of different petitions and blessings for the lord's people um but i also just want to encourage us all to just um think about um kind of the teaching we heard heard tonight the the words we heard from scripture of um whether it be a lost person in our life or whether it be a saved person in our life that if we if we cry out to god asking that he would um show his glory to them and that he would, um, unveil a, a, you know, maybe a a new layer of his glory. If, if you want to, um, call it that, um, that that perhaps is, um, one of the greatest prayers we can offer. And and especially for a lost person, because, um, really the essence of, of conversion to Christianity is, is when we begin to, desire and and savor and love the things of God more than we love um, the things of the world. And Romans one twenty three, speaking of, you know, the unregenerate, um, deprived man, it says, um, losing it now. (laughs) It says they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to appear like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. Um, and so, yeah, we're going to, um, I hope I've made my point. Um, not sure, uh, how much longer this goes for, but we're going to go ahead and, um, get into our groups of prayer here. And I just, um, you, you might have noticed on your um, handout that you do have a note card on your, um, handout there. And is is how this will work is, we're going to create what is called just a prayer calendar. You might have your own type of prayer calendar, but for this prayer calendar, um, and actually you'll need a pen. I'm not sure if we got any pens laying around. Um, okay, great. There's a bag up front here too. Will you need some more? As the pens are coming around, um, we can just start thinking of seven people in our life that are far from God. And um, on the left side of your note card, we'll just write the days of the week um, going down the column there, Sunday through Saturday. 
I don't have any. I have more note cards, though. Yeah, and I do have more note cards. Um, um, yep, so on the left side of your note card there, just the days of the week, and then on the right side of the column is, um, is you know, corresponding with each day a, a lost person in your life who um, we could... Um, we could be praying for as a group here. Yep, so I'll give you a couple minutes to work on that and um, try to get all seven names filled out, but if not, um, you can always finish it at a later time. Yeah, so we're going to split into groups of like four or five and um, pray for like one person on your prayer list. Um, so if there's like a certain person who you wouldn't want to pray for in the in a group setting, then you wouldn't have to pray for that person. Um, yeah, so you'll take this home. Yeah. Yeah, if you're listening online, um, we're just making a prayer calendar. Um, you can do this on, an, on a, any piece of paper, um, just corresponding with each day of the week, um, a, a lost person who is in your sphere of influence who um, you would like to commit to praying for on that specific day of the week. And um, we want to pray with the mindset that Paul gave us in, in Colossians chapter 4, where he um, asked the Colossae church to pray for him, um, asking that God would open a door and asking that God would allow him to proclaim it clearly as he should. And um, yeah, and we also want to pray with the mindset um, of what we learned um, through the further Bible teachings of of asking that God would reveal his glory to this specific individual that they might desire the things of God above um, the lusts of the flesh, the lusts of the eye, and the pride of life, and that they would um, become a Christian in that way, seeking God and, and repenting. For more messages like this one, please visit our online teaching library at gphop.org teachings. If you found this free material helpful in your walk with God, please prayerfully consider a generous donation. To give, please visit gphop.org donate. That's gphop.org donate. Thank you, and may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you today.